Hello, Chinese friends. Welcome to Spiritual Waimai. 欢迎来到属灵外卖 Delivering the spiritual food to you when you can't get out. 当你无法外出的时候，我们为你速递属天灵粮 This Spiritual Waimai article is a part of the series entitled "You're God's Masterpiece: The Genesis Notes." 本期属灵外卖来自特别系列。你是神的杰作，创世纪手记。Studying the book of Genesis to discover direction and hope for your awesome life. 通过研读创世纪，并联系新约的思想，为您的美好生活提供指引和亮光。Genesis chapter sixteen, the love triangle. God had given Abram the promise of descendants. But it seemed that this promise was taking a really long time to come to pass. The pressure was mounting. Abram and Sarai were not getting any younger, and they still had no children. The issue of having no children was not something only on Abram's mind. No children was also on his wife Sarai's mind. She knew God's promise and had been waiting along with Abram. Waiting too long. This waiting was not just affecting Abram. The waiting was affecting his wife Sarai. Both of them were waiting for God's promise. This is both a spiritual and physical promise, and is connected to something so incredibly intimate. Their life as a couple, their life as a family, their future children. In the waiting time, we see human nature appear. Abram. Could believe God when God spoke directly to Abram, when God said, "Look at the stars in the sky," Abram believed. But now things were harder. The time waiting for the promise was difficult. Sarai gets involved. Sarai did something I think a lot of us do. She thought about the promises of God, and then wanted to get involved, wanted to help God out, so things could move on a little faster. Abram was getting old. In the Christian life, there are many moments when we're waiting, or moments when we are not sure what the future holds. Sometimes we feel we are in the dark and aren't sure where to go or what to do, as we're waiting on God. Unfortunately, at those times, we can find ourselves finding our own way out, making the way instead. Of waiting for God to make the way. If we find ourselves in a dark place, not sure where to go as we wait on the Lord, the Book of Isaiah gives us a strong warning. Isaiah chapter fifty, verses ten and eleven. Who among you fears the Lord and obeys the word of His servant? Let the one who walks in the dark, who has no light, trust in the name of the Lord and rely on their God. But now. All you who light fires and provide yourselves with flaming torches, go, walk in the light of your fires, and of the torches you have set ablaze. This is what you shall receive from my hand. You will lie down in torment. So Sarai gives her Egyptian servant Hagar to Abram as a wife. Remember when this happened before? Abram gave, gave Sarai away as a wife to Pharaoh of Egypt. And with this one move, generations were affected. Hagar becomes pregnant, and everything in the household goes crazy. All of the sinful human nature comes out, and we see the ugly side of this family. Sarai's self-focus. 
Sarai goes to Abram with her plan. Genesis chapter 16, verses 1 to 6. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So she said to Abram, The Lord has kept me from having children. Go, sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Abram agreed to what Sarai said. So after Abram had been living in Canaan ten years, Sarah, his wife, took her Egyptian slave Hagar and gave her to her husband to be his wife. He slept with Hagar, and she conceived. When she knew she was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress. Then Sarai said to Abram, You are responsible for the wrong I am suffering. I put my slave in your arms, and now that she knows she is pregnant, she despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me. Your slave is in your hands, Abram said. Do with her whatever you think best. Then Sarai mistreated Hagar, so she fled from her. What kind of character traits did Sarai display when she talked to Abram about future children? Sarai first shows her impatience and self-pity. She blames God for her misfortune. She sounds like God has done something terrible to her. And then she ends the sentence, she wants to build the family by using Hagar for herself. She has waited long enough. She is going to take care of the situation. Sometimes we find ourselves in a situation like Sarai. We have waited for something and seems like it is taking too long. A promotion at work, approval from parents, marriage, children, respect from colleagues, respect from friends or family. As we're waiting, we start to get frustrated because we start focusing on ourselves and we start telling ourselves falsehoods like, I deserve this. I should have this. Someone is keeping me from this. God is keeping this from me. I've done nothing wrong. I've done all the right things, so this should be mine. The focus is more and more on me. Self-pity is pride, and it is self-focused. Poor me, I should have this, and I don't have it, so I'm going to get it. Sarai focuses on herself and comes up with a plan to benefit herself. Abram follows. Abram goes along with his wife's plan. He agreed with Sarai that it was time to move forward. Hagar used. Hagar has no say because she is the servant. She is used by Sarai and Abram. Positive result. They get the result they were hoping for, a baby. And now life starts to go terribly wrong. Hagar's pride and escape. Hagar now is feeling very proud of herself as if she is better than Sarai and she despises Sarai. Sarai's plan has turned around and hurt her and she is upset again. She blames Abram. Genesis chapter 16, verse 5. Then Sarai said to Abram, You are responsible for the wrong I am suffering. I put my slave in your arms, and now that she knows she is pregnant, she despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me. Abram told Sarai she could do what she wanted with Hagar. So Sarai mistreated Hagar, the pregnant woman carrying Abram's child, 
And as a result, Hagar ran away. What a big mess. Everyone is upset. No one is happy. Our ugly humanness. So many ugly human events happened here. Abram, who has been a great man and leader in the community, is now facing an incredible disaster. Impatience, blame, pride, mistreatment, abandonment. And what does Abram do? He seems to just walk away from the problem. He lets Sarai do whatever she would like, even if her action means sending away the mother of his child and his unborn child. Quarreling. Who is right? Who is wrong? This story seems very crazy, but events like this happen in everyday life quite often. Maybe not as dramatic as this, but it happens. People want something, yet they don't get their desires. So they argue and fight because they're thinking of themselves first, and the problem grows. What causes us to fight with each other? It comes from our own human desires. Each of us has goals he or she wants, good things and bad things. We want to have something, but then when we don't get what we want, we're jealous of others or execute wrong motivations to get it. And we end up fighting. Why don't we have the thing we want in the first place? Have we asked God? Maybe we've asked, but we are so focused on ourselves and our own desires. We asked God with the wrong motives in our hearts. James chapter 4, verses 1 to 3. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Who is right? In Abram, Sarai, and Hagar's situation, how is God going to sort this one out? Who will be right in this love triangle? Surely God will declare a winner and a loser here. Genesis chapter 16, verses 7 to 16. The angel of the Lord found Hagar near a spring in the desert. It was the spring that is beside the road to Shur. And he said, Hagar, slave of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? I'm running away from my mistress, Sarai, she answered. Then the angel of the Lord told her, Go back to your mistress and submit to her. The angel added, I will increase your descendants so much that they will be too numerous to count. The angel of the Lord also said to her, You are now pregnant, and you will give birth to a son. You shall name him Ishmael, for the Lord has heard of your misery. He will be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone, and everyone's hand against him. And he will live in hostility towards all his brothers. She gave this name to the Lord, who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. That is why the well was called Bir Lahai Roi. It is still there, between Kadesh and Bered. So Hagar bore Abram a son, 
And Abram gave the name Ishmael to the son she had born. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore him Ishmael. Now the angel of the Lord comes to Hagar. Basically, God finds Hagar and he asks her two questions. One, where have you come from? Two, where are you going? She obviously was in the middle of things. There was a place she was coming from and a place she was going. This spring on the side of the road was not her final destination. She had run away from the problem, but she had not arrived at a solution. And this is where God finds her. God cares about Hagar. He wants to hear what is in her heart. God inquired, what is the problem, Hagar? Where are you going to go now? Hagar answers the first question, I'm running away from my Mr. Sarai. But she has no answer for the second question. She has no future plan. God gives an interesting answer. He does not tell her who is right or wrong, but he tells her where to go. Go back and submit to your mistress. That would seem incredibly hard to do. That doesn't seem humanly logical. But then God gives her a blessing and says he will increase her offspring and he tells her to name the child Ishmael. Hagar immediately responds to God and calls him by a new name, El Roi, the God who sees me. Notice, not the God who tells me I'm right and the others are wrong. It is enough for her that God sees her and her pain. Hagar obeys God. She goes back and she bears a son. And please note, the son's name was Ishmael, exactly as God told her. This means Hagar must have told Abram what happened. Abram must have believed her, and Abram agreed with Hagar to name their child Ishmael. God sees. Despite the big mess, God sees. God doesn't always give a clear answer, you are right and they are wrong, but he sees. The big mess didn't get taken care of at that moment. In fact, the mess would continue, and the fighting in Abram's family continues in the Middle East today. Maybe as we view the fighting there, we should remember this story. No one declared right, no one declared wrong. Just God seeing Hagar and him telling her to go back. The natural consequences would play out. The problems aren't over, but Hagar has the assurance God sees her. She is not alone. Let's always remember God sees us even in the midst of a big mess and painful events. In our humanness, we will focus on ourselves and want to be told we are right. But let us lift up our eyes and see the one who sees us. Am I in a mess? Are you in the middle of a mess? If you find yourself in a difficult situation with others, ask yourself some questions. Where did I come from? What did I want? Did I ask God? Am I focused on my own desires? Where am I going? Am I willing to follow God out of this mess, even if he sends me somewhere I don't want to go, like submitting to the person I'm running away from? Have I listened to God? Has he given me direction or vision for the future with him? Is there something I want but I am not getting? 
Have I asked God for this with the right motives? In your time of distress, may you meet the God who sees you and surrender your life to Him and trust Him to bring you through. Thanks for having some spiritual Waimai with us. We hope that you liked it and that it fed your soul. And we hope you come back for some more. We love ya.